Welcome to episode 93 of Off the Crossbar, a Real Salt Lake podcast. Um, I made a joke in our first take, which shamefully we have to burn now. Because it's easy to be clear, we have to burn a first take, not because like we do takes and we like put any effort into like making this the best product possible. Well, um, Matt just didn't have the right microphone working, so... Hmm. And I can't, I mean, that was two hours of podcasting just on the drain. We had to redo the whole thing. We were only halfway through, so it's not so bad. Yeah. Uh, so welcome. Uh, I made a joke about this being an Apple podcast. I don't feel like I can make the same joke. Um, so. Oh, I was, I was like ready to roll with it. I was like ready to crack oh. in with the same line. Like I, I'm, I was good to go. Well, good okay, news, Matt, everybody. Go ahead, and, go ahead and stop this and let's, let's try again. <laughs> Take three. <laughs> We've uh, good news. We've been bought by Apple, uh, so Apple now is the company producing us. We're off the crossbar plus. Oh, this is an Apple TV podcast. There we go. And then Trevor, we oh yeah, uh, the joke is that now we have to get Trevor off the podcast. So uh, this is Trevor's last episode. Uh, sorry, Android users. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'd, I'd say it was a good run, but I'm not sure that it was. It oh. was a run. Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we had many runs. Um, anyway, uh, you you may know that you're not hearing the voice of Kyle. This is uh, the return of Pod Dr. Colin. You may know. Uh, the joke I made in the first take. We're, we're now up to the point of the first take, so. All the jokes from it here on out should be two fresh. hours to get to this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle is out for excused personal absence. So. Uh, where I is Kyle? I, I know that Kyle is not here. And, but where is he? What is he doing? Do we know? He's seeing uh, he's seeing Carly's sister, I think, in Redondo Beach. And this seems like a great opportunity to pitch it to Kyle for social hour update. Hey, Kyle, tell us what's going on. All right, folks. This is Kyle, and I'm checking in. I'm checking in from a state away, or two states away, sorry. And um, yeah, it's, I feel like it's been so long since we last spoke. But I'm here to give my social hour update because these fine gentlemen are recording without me. I miss them dearly. But I will be seeing them and everyone else soon. Um yeah, so since we last talked, since I last gave an update, I was trying to think of all the things that I've been doing since then, because this international break um, has really just messed with my brain a bit. No, not much league play has really just messed up my entire schedule since my entire life is obviously just built around Real Salt Lake. But um, yeah, so I can't remember if we had talked about Top Gun <laughs> since since we recorded last probably not but i saw top gun in imax the second top gun obviously i did also rewatch the first top gun but yeah i saw top gun 2 <laughs> calling it top gun 2 is funny to me in imax and um thought it was fantastic thought it was great loved it so much just a brilliant achievement in in filmmaking <laughs> i think it's great i love that movie um yeah it, it was it was awesome so there was that i saw that i haven't I feel like i haven't been watching too much uh too much lately i was um i did 
watch The Evil Dead 2 recently. Uh, I'd seen it before, but it had been a while. Uh, I was I'm revisiting Sam Raimi, and so I figured that was a good place to start. Um, great movie, great classic. Um, just overall good stuff. I, I haven't really been watching shows, though. I still haven't finished Ozark. I've been just really dragging my feet, but... <sighs> Anyway, so that was that was that. But I let's see. Last weekend, I had a wedding that I went to, and I'm actually the reason why I'm not on this episode in its entirety, being replaced by the pod doctor himself, is because I'm at a wedding, or I am in LA right now for a wedding that's taking place in Santa Barbara this week. So, but I will be back for the game on Saturday. So yeah, that's why I'm here. But um, yeah, working and just working uh, remotely for a day or two, and then it's going to be smooth sailing for the rest of the week. I haven't spent much time in Santa Barbara before, so I'm really looking forward to that. So if anyone hears this and has good Santa Barbara recommendations for like breakfast, lunch, especially, please let me know because I will be uh, I'll, I'll be in desperate need for it. Otherwise, I will just use Google, my one and true friend, when all of you let me down which you never do. So, um, yeah, so I was at a wedding on Friday and then kind of a funny thing. So uh, I think it was the last time we recorded either last time or the time before that we talked about the treasure that those like real estate bros like hid in the mountains somewhere for people to find. Um, I, I made my feelings known, I think <laughs> in that episode where, you know, obviously got, got, got some mixed opinions on that. Um, but I will say though that I, so I have, I have a friend who, who texted me on, on uh, Friday evening or whatever. And she said, Kyle, I think I know where the treasure is. <laughs> I was like, okay, where is it? And she's like, well, I'm like, come with me tomorrow and we'll, we'll see, we'll see if it's where it is. I think I know where it is, but, um, you know, she, there was this specific part where she didn't want to do it alone because it was kind of a little sketchy. And I was like, uh, all right. She said, if you come with me and it's ends up being where it is, then, you know, I will will split it with you. <laughs> I was like, OK, that sounds good because I could use ten thousand dollars. I could do some fun stuff with ten thousand dollars. So I, uh, I agreed to this and we went and when she took me to see where it was, I was like, it was in, let's just, I'll just say it was in the Enzyme peak area and we, you know, we're walking around and I, <laughs> she showed me where she thought it was and I was like, all right, well, it's not going to be here. I could, I could, I was pretty definitive about that. Turns out it wasn't. And funnily enough, while we were there on Saturday morning, uh, and I, I started to reread the poem and everything, and I was like, all right, yeah, this this was not, you know, I was, I was overly optimistic. But I also, you know, is a dear friend. I wanted to support her. Also wanted $10,000. So, um, yeah, it, it wasn't there. But while we were there, I was, I was reading more about the poem, and I was just, like, kind of thinking through some things. And the treasure was literally found in like the Ogden area while we were <laughs> just wandering around like idiots around <laughs> Enzyme Peak. So, um, no treasure for me. Um, that same friend, she has a, <laughs> she lives in this apartment building that building downtown and she's got this rooftop pool and it's really sick. 
So me, uh, my brother and a friend of ours, we um, went to that rooftop pool to go swimming. And uh, it was very lovely. I mean, it was so hot this weekend. It was so brutal. So we did that for a couple hours on Saturday after the treasure debacle. And then from there, we actually went up to a very lovely uh, camp- camping outing. Uh, in the Uintas at Alexander Lake. So we, we met up with some friends who had, who had a really nice just lakeside spot, Alexander, and had just an absolute ball on Saturday evening into Sunday morning. It was just, just a great time. It was just the full camp vibes, full summer vibes, swam in the, in the lake, sang campfire songs, just uh, we had a friend tell a scary story. It was just, it was, it was quintessential, I must say. So that was delightful. <laughs> I'm, I'm nearing like seven minutes here, which is really funny. Um, yeah. So did that, had a very lovely camp, uh, came back Sunday, just had, had a lovely, relaxing, uh, Sunday experience. Um, and then, yeah, flew down here. Uh, Carly and I flew down to, uh, LA last night. Um, yeah, just absolutely chilling extremely hard in LA right now and went to the beach today, ate a bunch of good food today. Um, and then tomorrow doing it again. And then the next day, Thursday doing it again, but then also in Santa Barbara. So anyway, stoked for the game on Saturday. I will be there. I will be very excited to, I don't know what the, is it, is it going to be hot? I don't know. It might be hot, but it's a hot day. That's fine. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I hope all my, my dear co-hosts and friends on this pod also had very lovely updates to give you all. I assume, uh, Trevor gave an update around the AJR concert. I think that sounds like something he would have done. Um, I think he and Charlie went to that, but anyway, listen, my friend, I, I Oh, I hope Matt gave a garden update as well. I don't know what call. I think Colin's going to Seattle this week. Anyway, hope they're all doing well. Hope you are all doing well. Sorry for the eight, eight minute update, but, um, you know, we, we, we live and we learn. And I saw the clips from the men's national team game tonight. And it looked extremely chaotic, like so much mud, the most mud I've ever seen. Um, yeah. And, uh, that's it. Bye everyone. Love you all. See you Saturday. Great job. Uh, you <laughs> have to hear that from Kyle. That's good stuff. My favorite part was the, uh, the Thai food. I really hope you mentioned Thai food. <laughs> I mean, some great Thai food down there. Chances are he mentions Thai food. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, who wants to go next with social hour? I've, I don't feel like I should conduct social hour. I'm going to, I'm going to step back, take a sip of my drink and let someone else take the reins. I've got a lot to talk about. If you want to have a lot to listen to, let's go for it. I just had, no, we had a very, very busy this past weekend, what day is it today? Today's Tuesday. This past weekend, or this past week, we didn't record anything. But this past weekend, uh, we did a lot of stuff. Um, we, I, I'm sure I've mentioned it on this pod before, where I live doesn't have like central AC. Ugh. So summers usually are pretty miserable, and they just start getting miserable around June 1st. 
And historically, we've just been miserable for like three months. Um, but we had like an old window unit that we could put in. And my roommate has a window unit in his room. And we just tried to like make those work. But and every single year we were talking about this is going to be the year we upgrade our AC and like do something about it to keep this place cool. And this year is the year we finally did it. I went out and bought a window unit that is almost twice as more powerful, more whatever, it covers more area. I don't know. Got way more BTUs. Yes, it has way more BTUs, almost twice as many, and it works. It's great. I have a normal those house are, now. Uh, Bachman Turner units for those yeah. who are curious. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to chime in here uh, as the uh, person with the engineering degree BTU is a total garbage unit. Get out of here with your BTUs, <laughs> English, like English standard measurement units. The Joule is a way better unit. BTUs, get out of here. You suck. Oh. I did some research into this, what BTUs like are and mean and, and all that. And it doesn't make any sense to me. But I did learn that they, um, for air conditioning units, they have like an old standard BTU and like a new standard BTU because the old standard was like completely inaccurate for some reason and they just discovered this like 10 years ago but they didn't change the unit they just yeah like, they just said the, renamed like the standard that they use so when they sell like ac units and they say like this one's ten thousand btu they have to identify like which btu standard they're using to BTU determine 2. the ten thousand number i can't yeah. wait for btu 3.0 once yeah, that's going to be accepted even better no. but anyway so i live in a in a comfortable place now it's uh hasn't gotten above 73 in the last like week and a half, which is glorious. Good news. Happy, happy for you. <laughs> that is, I, that's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's very nice. Uh, hot summers, hot summer day inside where you can't even escape inside. It's bad. Yeah. yeah and we have like a, mm. a West facing front of the house. So like the whole time the sun is setting, it's like super miserable. We can never cool it down in the afternoon, but we got it. We figured it out. So happy for me um but other than that that was one thing we did go see uh top gun this weekend finally and it's incredible it's lived up to everything everybody said um that really reminds me of what kyle was saying earlier about top gun (laughs) yeah kyle kyle's uh i mean kyle also really enjoyed top gun yes um it was yeah it was just everything i wanted it to be it was the exact same movie but made like 25 years later with 25 years newer technology. I actually have to say, I appreciated that. I was like a little worried when it started that it was going to be like a shot for shot remake. And I was like, Oh no. Uh, And then it wasn't, it was like, it, it it definitely had a lot of callbacks. Yeah. It also had its own like individual uh, pieces to it that were entertaining. And I think upgrades to the original. Yeah. Like when I watched, when I rewatched the original, I was like, I was like, oh boy, this is a much worse movie than I remember. Um, and like the way that they cut the scenes was really weird because it just like felt like they were all like very hard cuts. It just felt like a series of like stories because of how hard the cuts were. Like, yeah, there wasn't a lot of like a great transition between scenes. Um, watching the original, and so like the new one was refreshing in that way. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was talking to Charlie. Charlie and I went and saw it. Um, and Charlie hasn't seen the old one. And was asking me like if this one was better or worse or what. And yeah, like I couldn't really figure out which one I liked more because 
Top Gun, the original was like the top movie, like what they could do, like with movies and flying airplanes, like in the eighties, like everything that they did was the coolest thing that they could do then. And I feel like they did that again. So the new one's probably cooler, but only because they have like 35 years plus newer technology and filming abilities and all that crap to go along with it. So it was really enjoyable. I had a great time there. Um, and then we're in the middle of um, concert week, basically. Uh, Saturday night, Charlie and I went to see AJR at USANA. And everything up until we actually got inside was the worst concert experience I've ever had in my entire life. It was miserable. I don't the, know. The USANA parking lot is a nightmare. An it, absolute nightmare. It's the... Well... <sighs> Yeah, and like parking wasn't a problem. Like I've been to USANA for several concerts before. Parking was fine. Traffic sucks, but what are you going to do? Like it's 20,000 people trying to get to a place. So that's fine. And then once you get into the parking lot, it was all very organized and we got in, we parked in our spot and that was fine. And then we get up to the gate and they have like four metal detectors and like five guys with scanners for the entire venue was just one entrance and they didn't have like Mm. anybody like organizing any line or anything. So we got up to the front and we saw that there were like two or three or four lines all kind of merging at the front. And there were uh, some of the folks from the um, venue there. And we were like, Hey, what line do we get into? I've already got tickets. I don't need to buy some. So I want to make sure I don't get in that line. And the guy was just straight up like, nobody knows, dude, we have no idea what's going on with the lines. And I was like, does anybody know? Is there somebody else that's like organizing lines? And he's like, nah, dude, we don't have enough people to do that. And so <laughs> he was like, just go find the end of the line and get in it, man. And so we cruised around. For, it took us like 10 minutes to find the end of the line because, you know, the parking lot, like it, it was wrapping around the edge of the parking lot and then around the back of the parking lot. And then it went like in between rows of cars and it looped up and back a couple times. And we just had to find like the end of one of the lines and hoped it was going where we wanted it to go. And it got to the point where we finally got up to the front, which took an hour and like 20 minutes. We missed the opener completely. Um, we got in line at like 7.15. The concert said it started at 7.30. The opener started at 8, played his whole set and finished about 8.35, 8.40. And we got into the venue at like 9. And then oh. AGR started playing at like 9.10. You were in, but... It was insane, dude. It was such a mess. And like I said, I've been to USANA and never had problems before with USANA like that. So I don't know if that's just a new USANA thing or if that was just unique to that concert, but that sucked a lot. The concert was great. AJR is phenomenal. I'm not a really big AJR guy. I've never really, like dug into their music as much as I would other bands, but they're a fun band for sure. Um, Charlie had an absolute blast. Uh, it was Charlie's first concert. Um, so except for the whole line thing, it was a magnificent night. We had a, we had a blast. It was a good time. No, that's um, great. But then last night we got to go see, or I got to go see, um, Atreyu and nothing more. And who's the opener? Eva Under Fire, I've never heard of, but I really wanted to go see Atreyu. And Nothing More is probably my favorite live band that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They're not like their album stuff, their music that you listen to. Like, it's really good. Don't get me wrong. But their live show is 10 times better than listening to it on the album. If you ever get a chance, for sure, go see Nothing More. Um, 
And then this Friday, I'm going to go see Thank You Scientist. We've got a lot of concerts this week. It's great. Really excited about all that. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. What have you guys been up to? Colin, do you want to go? Colin? Sure. Colin, been sure, I'll go. I've been, I've been busy, guys. I've been really busy. Um, two weekends ago, I went to Glacier National Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Which was uh, absolutely incredible. Uh, we stayed in East Glacier near St. Mary. Um, I went with my two friends, Matt and Skyler. Uh, we camped um, and we were a little bit worried about how that was going to turn out. Um, you know, brought some extra warm clothes and stuff to sleep in. Um, and it turned out to be just like so pleasant. Uh, didn't get too hot, didn't get too cold. Like at, at night, um, you know, like it, the, the forecast had predicted it to get below like 40, like into 35s ish. And I don't think it did. I don't think it really got below like 45 ish um, at night. So it was like really comfortable. Um, and Glacier is just uh, just stunning. Like what a what a stunning place to see. Um, like the. Yeah, the elevation of the mountains is so quickly there that like just jut out, like formed by the glaciers. Uh, just absolutely incredible. Uh, it really felt like like something from mythology really like you're there and you feel like that there, like that there could be giants like in this land. Like it really felt like that. Um, so, but what's crazy about glacier is that like, uh, there's East and West and usually there's a pass that you go over. It's called Logan's pass that you go over to get to the other side. Uh, and it's like closed to whenever they open it. So it's like not, you know, like in, in Utah, they'll be like, Oh, this road is closed until June 1st every year. And it's like in Glacier, they're just like, nah, it'll open when the 80 feet of snow clears up. That's yeah. when we'll, that's when we'll open the road. Um, so uh, the road was not open when you're there in June. Uh, recommend going much more in probably into August if you want to make sure the road is going to be open. Even July is kind of like a little bit questionable. Um, if you don't go when the road is open, like you can go to the other side of like West Glacier. Uh, but it's like a four and a half hour drive. So like basically like you have to go all the way around like the entire park. Um, so it's quite a commitment. So we didn't do that. We just stayed in East Glacier. Um, my friend Matt is an avid birder. Um, so he brought his camera, took, you know, pointed out a bunch of birds and took really nice pictures of birds and stuff. So that was really fun. Um, yeah, we just did some hiking and uh, it was really great. I, I love camping in general anyway. Um, and then to do it in like such a scenic place was uh, was very cool. Um, the one thing that they did to me though, like, uh, both of them, like we had kind of planned the trip and I was like, okay, well, whose car are we going to take? And they're both both like, oh, well we can't take ours. I'm like, oh, so I we have to take my car. And they're like, yes. And I'm like, can either (laughs) of you drive a stick? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so I I also have to do all 10 hours of driving both ways. So I was like, thank you guys. Yeah. For having a manual transmission. It is. I know it is my fault for having a manual transmission, but I was like, that's, that's not, that's not a nice move to do. Rude. Yeah. Like we could have talked about that weeks ago and to spring it on me like two days before we go, like, Oh, also you have to do all the driving was, was a bit, uh, a bit much. Um, let's see. What else have I been up to? Um, got back from glacier, uh, worked most of the week, had a pretty mellow weekend. Um, went to Jordan L for a bit, uh, on Sunday, which was really nice for, um, our friend Greg's, uh, birthday. He had it up at Jordan L. Um, the weather was almost nice, uh, until it was like 35 mile an hour wind. Um, and then it was like getting sandblasted. Um, 
So that was a little bit unpleasant. Um, no one really got in the water because in like 20, 30 mile an hour wind, it wasn't warm enough yet to really get in the water then. Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, Jordan L's just gorgeous. Um, so pretty up there. And then um, let's see. Uh, this weekend, I'm going to Seattle uh, for one of my uh, good friend's weddings. Uh, I'll be a groomsman in the wedding. Um, it's actually just uh, across the sound from Seattle. It'll be on Whidbey Island. Oh, I love uh, Just any of those islands are fun. Yeah. So really excited for that. And then uh, so I leave Thursday night to go to Seattle. I get home on Monday. And then Friday, Sarah and I are getting on a plane to go to Amsterdam. Uh, and we'll be in the Netherlands for a week. Uh, I have a work conference uh, in Leiden which is about 30 minutes south of Amsterdam. So um, I was like, if you buy a plane ticket, you can come out and stay in my hotel room. Like I have to be there for work, but you can just come out and hang out as much as you want. And so yeah. that's the plan. That sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. So glacier, in, and then Amsterdam in like two week period. Yeah. Three I, week period? Four, I'll have been out of town three of the four weekends of June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Glacier the weekend, like this, this last weekend was the only weekend I was in town. Nice. Yeah, yeah, you'll be in Amsterdam like a week before Jenny is, I think. Oh, wow. Just the, the timing's immaculate. Yeah. It's not quite a, like a Kyle Matt situation. Yes. But. It's uh, my favorite thing about these trips. Like, obviously, I want to go on the trips. They're going to be amazing. But of course, it's the like only two home RSL games in June that I, I will be gone for both of them. Yeah. So I was I was very I was like, come on, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that kind of feels like that happens pretty much every year with the summer oh, yes like, which is which is the problem you're gonna of, miss some home games the problem of playing a, a sporting event during the high travel months or, yeah exactly yeah would i think my sister used to live on would i think she lived on one of the islands up there um she was up there for the navy for a little bit uh, do you get to take the ferry over I believe that. Yeah, I believe that we'll be taking the ferry over. Yeah, uh, it's much faster than driving all the way around. I think. Yeah, you gotta go like all the way up to, to the border and then down. Muckleteal probably and take the ferry there. Yeah, it's, I haven't looked time. into it so much. It's like one of those things where it's like I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, enjoy. That's gonna be great. Muckleteal. You could go visit I've... the town of Possession. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds like it should be like. Uh, like a Stephen King novel or something. Is it a Stephen King novel? No, what, it's possession? not. I'm thinking of Desperation, which you could describe it as Possession, I guess. I don't know. Sure. sure. We'll go with it. Wow. Possession Beach Waterfront Park. Well, a little place called Sandy Hook. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I will say that going to Montana finished off my Western state's uh trip i've now been to basically any state you can consider in the west i've now been to all of them so montana was the last one outstanding for me what what uh is it west of the mississippi or like Uh, i mean west yeah like i what i mean generally what you would consider like the u.s west right so i would say colorado Colorado, wyoming dakotas dakotas and and new mexico i'd say i'd still consider u.s west yeah, yeah. yeah for sure it's not the midwest so exactly it's southwest yeah i would say anyway that's cool i gotta um glacier i think i've told you this glacier is one of the places that like 
I've wanted to go and like travel to for years and years and years, and, but I don't really know anybody that's been there. So I, I need that. somebody to ask. So one of these days I will reach out to you and find out more info about it. I'll connect you and the guy I know in Slack. Okay. Um, All right. He's a doctor. I appreciate that. I don't know if you know him. <laughs> doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that's crazy is like I had, uh, I've never been to Yellowstone. I've lived in Utah so long and I've never been to Yellowstone, which is like a, a real downside. So uh, three days ago, I text my daughter who's on vacation with her mom. And I was like, do you want to go to Yellowstone? Like I can get us a, I can get us a reservation like uh, a weekend in August. Like, do you want to do that? And she was like, yes. And then two days later, the whole park closed down uh, for the flooding. And now I'm like, uh, we're going in August. So I'm like, hopefully like things are back open, but who knows what like just won't be like recovered in like a little over a month from based on like, how crazy the the footage has been so i'm like of course i picked the one year that like yellowstone is going to be like mostly inaccessible probably so that's great well it's yeah. close enough you can do it again as long it's, as the- it's taken me 30 years i won't go and i won't go again until i'm like 60 <laughs> wow yeah um as long as the super volcano doesn't hit i think it it should be okay right <laughs> maybe all the flooding can put the super volcano out Oh, good thinking. This is how we solve the problem. Yeah. Just dump water on it. We're a solutions-oriented podcast. Matt, what have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a long couple weeks. Um, So Jenny's dad died like two Saturdays ago. Um, And that's taken up a lot of our time. As you might imagine, um, he had MS and they had a, a, a rocky relationship at best. So, you know, it, you know, lots of complicated feelings, but that is what it is. Well, our, our condolences to Ginny. Yeah. She yeah. appreciates that. Other than that, you know, that, that takes up a lot of the mental energy, but we did go camping last weekend up at, what's it called? Something Anderson Cove, uh, up past Ogden, just up by 84, um, and a little off by, little town that I forgot the name of. Huntsville. That's the one. Trevor's probably put in security systems up there because the houses are insane. Just huge all up on the hill. Haven't. No, the closest I got was Mountain Green. Oh. But then we got an office in Ogden and now they take care of it so I don't have to go up there. Thank goodness. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... so, so we wanted to camp up Big Cottonwood Canyon. Redmond Campground was set to open on the 10th. And we thought, okay, this is great. They've got a week of first come, first serve. I'll get up there around 10 a.m. They open at 3 p.m. That five hours, maybe I'll be waiting in the car, but I'll get a spot. Um, but I get up there and uh, they were closed until June 17th because of snow. Uh, so I then drove another two hours to Anderson Cove. And... Uh, I thought it would be cool up in the mountains. It was not. Um, it's only like 5,000 feet, so it's not that high. Yeah, so it's yeah, so it's and, basically the same as Salt Lake. Yeah. I got there and I thought, okay, like I'm going to put together my tent. It's 2 p.m. It's bright. Uh, I'll do it in the daylight. Forgetting, of course, that the day lasts till like 9 p.m. So I put the tent together in like 90 degree weather and that was not uh ideal 
and then the tent just turned it turn, traps all the heat inside of it and turns into an oven as well. So then the yeah, inside yeah. of the tent is super hot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but once it got dark, it was, you know, pretty cool up there. Uh, there is water. So you get a little bit of that reservoir breeze. Um, yeah, it was a good camping trip, but uh, far too hot. And I just need to get to the mountains at some point. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I keep every single weekend. I keep like about this time of the week. I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could go camping this weekend. Maybe we could make it work. Yeah. And then something comes up and it doesn't happen. But I also need to get up into the mountains. Sounds like yeah. we're doing a pod camping trip. Oh, we could even record Actually, an episode up there. Ah, uh, there we go. Yeah. We'll tell ghost stories around the fire. That'll be the episode. <laughs> the time, the, the tale of Kyle Beckerman's missing dreadlocks. I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound very scary. But you know. Um, other than that. Uh, and, and the penalty taker had to face Nick Ramondo. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be beautiful. Oh, dang. Can't wait. Oh, the U.S. scored? The U.S. just scored in the um, 91st minute. Good, good for them. Guess what the score is now? I, I have it up. So. It's it's one to one. We oh, okay. just tied the game against El Salvador. So yeah, Matt Matt sent me the goal before the pod started. <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah. The less said about that, probably the better. Um, and then the only other social hour update I've got. Uh, so I did post a couple of photos earlier. I posted three. The first is Lana Tai, which I think I ate at four or five times in the last two weeks. Nice. Uh, it's been, you know, a long week means a lot of Thai food. So that's always, you know, a bright spot. Uh, we, I mean, we went there with the uh, yeah. resident soapbox contributor, Lucas Muller. As a matter of fact, special I met you there for lunch. So a special correspondent. I knew he had a, I knew he had a specific title. I wasn't yeah. thinking of. Um, and then the other two. So the first one, tomatoes are finally growing. I think that one's aroma, but you can see at least two tomatoes growing in that. I'm very excited. Uh, and then the next one, I've got uh, Thai chilies coming in. And nice. that looks ready to start taking off. So the plant's still very small. I don't know if that'll stunt the growth of the plant. I'm not an expert gardener, but uh, I think I do okay-ish. You just play one on TV. Chilies. What's that? You just play one on TV? I mean, yeah. I wish I could say I played a doctor on TV, but then we could have a doctor off. You'd probably be a better one. I have no bedside manner. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you should work on that. I just kick in the door. And I'm like, you're dying. <laughs> wow. Um, I also have uh, some peas that are growing. Uh, I don't have any photos of that, but I should, uh, I should have my first harvest of like two pea pods like in the next week. It's not a great harvest, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. But expect many uh, garden updates. And if anyone needs Thai chilies... Last year, my plant produced so much and they're small and you like for fermentation or pickling, like they're just a little too small uh, to like effectively do um, while also being a little lazy about it. But I'm super happy to share. How how hot are they? Uh, a Thai chili gets to what, like 50,000 Scovilles? It's uh, pretty hot. Yeah, I mean, it's I think that's about habanero-ish, isn't it? Uh, 50 to 100. Uh, a, a habanero... Uh, I believe goes between 100 and 250. Well, uh, this is, I love this podcast because it's an educational podcast. Yeah. We should change our category on, uh, our new home Apple podcast. <laughs> to be educational. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, I do have some Satan's Kiss peppers growing this year, which sound like they'd be incredibly hot. They're not. They're about as hot as a Thai chili, and they're these little red guys. Uh, hmm. so. Satan's Kiss pepper? Yeah. The Baccio de Satana. I've I think that's Italian, but I don't know. I don't speak Italian. And I also don't watch Serie A. So uh, that feels like a great transition into the soccer portion of this podcast. I think with Kyle's uh, segment, we will have reached the 30-minute mark. So that's that's good. At Hopefully least. Kyle provided at least three minutes of social hour update. I <laughs> Almost certainly he provided three minutes of social hour update. Yeah. It was a great update, uh, and we learned so many new things about maps. Uh, anyway, uh, news and rumors. I guess we can oh, get into it. I should pull up the doc so I know what we're talking about, huh? Oh, you're going to love it. This is a I very traffic-friendly episode. So if you remember back to episode 92, um, I think it was near the end, you said that, you, Trevor, you said you forgot to talk about power rankings last time. Did I? Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I probably did. I don't remember uh, anything about that. Uh, I but I either. do have on the dock, Trevor forgot to talk about power rankings last time. So I thought we should at least uh, call attention to your forgetting. Uh, we had power rankings on the dock last time. Did we actually talk? We just didn't see it, didn't do it? Or not 92, it was 91. Oh, I don't know. And then maybe I was supposed to talk about it last time. and I, I don't remember, dude. Yeah, it's not a power rankings podcast. It's, yeah, we're, whatever. Yeah. Have they updated the power rankings since the Vancouver game? I don't know. <laughs> we drop back down to 21st or something like that? Hopefully. I think it's a lot more fun when you're low in the power rankings. Uh, let's see. Apparently, oh, they said a historic day instead of an historic day Oof. on the MLS right. headline. You can't do that. All uh, right, let's skip that. Bad. Uh, that's bad headline writing. Yeah. All right. Let's move past power rankings then, because no need for that. Yeah. I can't even. I can't even listen to that after it. Yeah. Fine with uh, me. Let's all right. On. Big news of the day. Uh, Marcelo Silva had a little player profile put out. This is huge news. Um, and what everyone's talking about this. Uh, I, so I, my feed was full of it. My feed was full of it. Yeah. Marcelo Silva is the latest player to be like that little. Spanish and English profile by Real Salt Lake on Twitter. Um, Which we're a fan of. We love yeah, this. Yeah, I think it's generally good. These are great. We learned recently Scott Caldwell's favorite favorite soccer player is David Beckham, which, which okay, sure, but... you do you. <laughs> um, but Trevor, I, I think you are probably the most apt to tell us who Marcelo Silva's favorite player is because he's also your favorite player. He's uh, not my favorite player, but he comes in I... like a close second or third maybe oh of all time that's not true either uh <laughs> it's former rsl player and italian national team member giuseppe rossi <laughs> which is just the greatest thing in the world i mean it's got to be a little bit of a joke right because he, I mean, he played like, at rsl at the same time as marcelo silva yeah but also like there was a time when marcelo silva was a young pro and like seasoned veteran Giuseppe Rossi was playing for the Italian national team. And like, I could see it. Yeah. I mean, they don't play the same position. So I don't think that it was like, you know, like kids growing up, like they're, they look at defenders if they're defenders and strikers, look at strikers if they're, you know, yeah, it's not the same position. So I do think 
part of it is I'm sure part of it's a joke, but part of it, I think he probably genuinely did think that Giuseppe Rossi was an incredible player Hmm. because for like a time he was, but that was years and years ago before his ped ban before several things. Yeah. And like four leg injuries. Yeah. Yeah. I have have nothing to say about Giuseppe Rossi. Uh, (laughs) I think it's, I think it's a, I think it's a weird choice for sure. It's Uh, so funny. The it's hilarious I, though. The thing I cannot get over on these player profiles is the hometown. It's oh. several, <laughs> several of them, their hometowns have just been like the country. country. Yeah. And it's and it's not just like on Marcelo Silva's like his it says hometown Uruguay, which is where he's from. I'm sure he's from a town there. And it's been several of these player profiles where it's just listed the country, which I find to be very odd. I mean these aren't super in-depth, like, let, let's, you know, let, this is five questions and, like, every single person's answer. Like, the fifth the fifth question is, like, what's your favorite thing about Utah? And everybody's answer is the mountains or the views. It's fair. Like, Which is yeah. fair, but it's, like, we're not, like, going into depth here. Like, we're not digging deep. I, so there's I'm part of me wondering. that's, like, there's part of me that's, like, yeah, Uruguay, that's not the right answer, but also, like whatever i'm just waiting for chris cablon to come out and be like the ladies (laughs) (laughs) if we ever get to him my favorite podcast off the crossbar exactly uh justin glad's hometown is tucson arizona so see that's what i'm it's 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 like saying that marceau is it's like saying that uh matt's hometown is just the united states yeah it's a weird thing to say or even utah right (laughs) yeah yeah it's weird. I agree. But also, it's, it's just funny. You would think that the, the person the asking the question would be like, but like, what's the town? <laughs> I, so we know, the we know you're town? from Uruguay. Do you know Pablo Ruiz's hometown is Argentina? His yes, that, that was the one I was thinking. I was also thinking that it was in Pablo Ruiz's. Yeah. I couldn't think of who it was, but I was like, I, it was, yeah, Argentina was his hometown, <laughs> which I'm like, a very small country to have a hometown in. He also loves the mountains. So does Justin Glad. Yeah, I mean, it's, mountains I mean, are great. We all love mountains, but like, I really wish they were like, come on, guys, like, yeah, be just a little bit more specific. Give me a campground or a hike or a trailhead or you know, or even say something. Like, my bad, a, a reservoir. Yeah, oh, Holt, is, Holt, Holt is like Vasa Jim. <laughs> yeah, I mean Vasa Jim on Redwood Road. <laughs> Or wherever it is. I have no idea. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, your most important update. That's what that's been uh off the crossbar. Thanks for listening. Oh no, we skipped something, Matt. Hang on. Oh, what um, did we skip? Rubio Rubin has uh been officially called into the Guatemala camp. He filed his one time switch. He now plays for Guatemala internationally, and he played a game recently for them and did really well. Scored yeah. a couple of goals. Uh, Kyle wanted to make it clear that he should have had at least one more goal than he did. I think he scored two. Um, and then I think he missed kind of a wide open chance that he probably should have scored. Um, but then he did score another goal that was called offside and nobody knows why. Nobody knows why. Like they showed the replay and like he wasn't offside. He wasn't even close. It wasn't like, oh, maybe this player was offside who played the ball or what? Like it, 
none of that happened. There wasn't any good logical reason for it. He should have had a hat trick and didn't, but he did play really well, scored two goals, and good for him. We're happy for him. It was a 3-1 win for Guatemala over the Dominican Republic. Is that right? I I think so. 3-0. Yeah. Yeah. I I trust that. Yeah. Stoked for him. That's very cool that he... Uh, you know, that a player who is probably on the fringe of ever making, you know, like a national team can make a switch like that and get some playing time and get to make an impact for another country. And I think that that's very cool. So good for Rubio Rubin. We love to see that for him. And hopefully it can uh, lead to some increased time at RSL. Somebody's got to replace Bobby Wood. (laughs) At least some increased confidence. Um I mean, we've seen it before with other players where they go off and play for a national team and then come <laughs> back and have kind of a renewed sense of motivation or confidence or, you know, all those good things. So good for him. We're happy for him. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, one thing we didn't talk about last episode, uh, we signed uh, Diego Luna. Like what, the day after? Probably. It's always the day after we record. Yeah. Maybe it came out the day after and then two or three days later. Anyway, we've got a 10 again uh, with Demir Krylik, um excused for injury personal reasons. Uh, and no, I mean, everyone, everyone's basically saying he's not going to play again in 2022. Is it really yeah. 2022 already? It really is 2022. Oh. Yeah, not only is it 2022, but we're halfway through 2022. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been 2022, Matt, for oh. quite a while. <laughs> Wow. Like six, six and a half months, almost. Oh. It's been 2022. Yeah. What a year. It's yeah. Cool, so cool Crylock probably not going to play for the rest of the season. When they announced his timeline for return, uh, they said, I think, I think they said at a minimum of three months. And that basically puts it to mid or ends of September, which is basically the end of the season. Yeah. We have an early end of the season this year, right? Yeah. Cause of uh, um, other reasons. World Cup reasons. Bad reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Reasons I'm not particularly excited about. Though, having seen highlights of that Peru-Australia game, I guess it's better that they're not playing uh, in the summertime because that game looked (laughs) horrific. Yeah. I like how you... Just the way you said that. I guess it's better that they're not playing in the summertime. Like, who could have predicted that playing in 110 degrees would have an effect on such a physically demanding sport? Yeah. And then maybe a place like Qatar was not the uh, ideal place to host a World Cup, but uh, I don't think anybody could have known that until now. Yeah, there was yeah. no way to know that or predict that. So It's global warming, right? That's what it was. Let's just blame it on that. If it is global warming, we should do something about it. What would you propose, Trevor, that we give up our <laughs> Starbucks? Our I mean, $10 lattes? Yeah, look, guy. We should you move, stop. You move to paper straws, and then finally, glo- global warming will be over. We need to stop with all of our Netflix subscriptions and all of our avocado toasts. Can I finish Stranger Things first? It, I mean, yeah, after Stranger okay, Things, thanks, and whatever else is going to come out next month. But then, we really need to stop all of our millennial stuff and right this wrong that we've done. One of the important things that uh, if you want to buy a house and or fix global warming, you have to cancel Apple TV. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's a very important aspect of uh, fixing global warming 
and uh, eventually being able to own a home. No Apple TV and no Apple TV Plus. Those are right out. Which brings us right into our next point. If we don't have Apple TV, how are we supposed to watch Real Salt Lake? Matt, they're not on Apple TV. Not yet. Yeah. Well, this sounds like we scripted it. This was good. <laughs> that we should, was re- we should that was workshop worst, this. Worst yeah. script reading we've ever had. No, we ever. should do like bad acting as like a bit. Yeah, I, okay. yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. Okay. Bad acting is a bit. Yeah. Wait, Matt, are what, are you, what are you talking about? Apple TV? MLS? Tell yes. me more. You wouldn't believe it, but they've signed a $750 million deal. Uh, I thought it was with, way more than that. I don't know the number. I thought it was two and a half billion over the next 10 years. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. <laughs> uh, what, $250 million a year, I think it, it was? Yeah. Um, which is is massive. So let's talk is, about it. It was like, I think that's four times more in the area of four times more than the current TV deal is paying the league. So like, good for them. That's good. But also... No idea if that's going to be worth it on the back end because who knows what soccer is going to be like in six years. Probably a dying sport. It seems. Well, not not that soccer. I said that wrong. I mean, like, as like a product to put out on your streaming television platform, who knows what that's going to look like in six to seven or eight years. So could be. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of questions. It's a fun conversation to have, but probably not the best conversation for this podcast. Well, I was going to say it seems like a good deal for MLS. Secure yeah. the bag. Like, absolutely secure the bag. Oh, that yeah, makes sure. a lot of sense. Um, I It seems like an insane idea from Apple TV to me because I, I cannot see... It, it doesn't seem feasible to me that the MLS is going to drive $250 million of revenue every year for Apple TV um in terms of subscription or advertise advertisement sales i mean going into this you only had a couple of teams that had tv broadcast deals that made money at all and now you're absorbing all of that under apple tv and expecting it to return a revenue that the league has never once returned in its tv deals and that seems from apple tv's perspective i i'm blown away by it so there's there's a lot of things that we're kind of touching on um one of the things, um, the deal, what you have to consider, one of the things you should consider is that this runs through the 2026 uh, World Cup, which is going to take place in the United States. So Apple secures the domestic soccer league through the World Cup and after the World Cup. And there's always a huge bump in in everything soccer for a year or two after um, a World Cup. So that gets taken into account and it's um, consistent for all audiences in the U S and even globally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's consistent. So with that in mind and with MLS using this new money, hopefully in a couple of years, MLS will be, I mean, we've heard this for the last 20 years, but MLS will be one of the major in demand leagues. Now that they're going to be able to spend more and more money on a better product and a better uh, better players and better coaches and all that crap. So like looking forward, it, it kind of makes sense that if they're going to do a huge money deal, that it is a long-term deal and that it is for a lot of money. That seems like it's not worth it now, 
but it will probably hopefully make up for it in 27, 28, the last couple of years of the deal they're act, they might actually be underpaying. Um, whereas now they're overpaying. So over the length of it kind of makes sense. I don't know all the numbers. I don't know that it adds up, but, um, there's several people that do a lot of good reporting on TV deals and broadcast deals and sports. And that's the general gist of what they're talking about with it is that it definitely seems like a lot of money now, but in a few years, it may not be enough. Yeah. I or think, not may not be enough, but you know what I mean? It'll be underpaid. One interesting thing for me is I think there's an audience gathering perspective here that Apple like clearly concerns themselves with, right? Like they create like these, these premium TV offerings uh, are not cheap. I mean, Ted Lasso is maybe a little cheesily shot, but it's still like not a, Jason Sudeikis doesn't come cheap, right? Yeah, it's it's a major production. Um, and maybe they make their money back in subscriptions for that. Probably not. Uh, but I think what they do is they get people using their platform and they get that attention. And we we talk a lot about like the attention economy in you know the media industry. And I think that's what it does. And I would imagine they're looking at the young audience, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> you know, like people you know 14 and under right now in 10 years when this deal expires will have been watching mls on apple tv we know that soccer is like way more popular with young people right now than people in their 50s right yeah and i think there's a, there's the potential for that generational shift but if they can't watch mls easily <clears throat> or if it's locked behind root sports or AT&T, whatever, uh, or even a local TV station that you don't actually have any access to uh, because you don't, you've never had need for a, like a set top box or like a TV service. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's catching these people who will have grown up with streaming, who love soccer, who are excited about the world cup at like a prime time for that. And I think that's the gambit and why they have, uh, invested so heavily in it but it'll be interesting to see if it plays out uh mls yeah, is notoriously kind of bad sometimes yeah it, it's definitely um it's kind of this might sound grandiose to say but i feel like looking back 10 years from now that we're over the last five or 10 years or whatever it's been tv itself has gone through such a major shift in how TV series and TV shows are produced and, and distributed and, and all that stuff. Um, we used to have like cable packages and you had to buy TV and you just got it weekly and now it's all like on demand. And so it's just in the middle of this giant shift. And I think this is this deal kind of marks the beginning of what could be a major shift in just how sports and leagues are packaged going forward. Uh, if Apple TV controls all of the broadcast, like every aspect of every broadcast and it's all available and you don't have to like have different tiers of subscriptions and, you know, pay a huge sum of money once a year to get the NFL or MLS or, you know, whatever league it is that you want to watch in addition to what you're already paying, then I I think it makes a lot of sense um, for for it to be going this way. Some streaming service just buys the whole league and produces the whole league um, and has total control over what it looks like and, and how it's put forward. Um, Jonathan Tannenwald, who does a lot of writing about, um, 
he's one of the guys that I referred to that, that does a lot of writing about TV deals and in, in sports, um, mentioned that he thinks this is probably going to be uh, some kind of test case for what's going to happen to NFL Sunday ticket when that goes away. Because that deal with DirecTV is set to expire in the next couple of years. And so there's going to be some new big magic NFL TV deal. And this could be could provide kind of a blueprint for what that looks like. And that's the biggest like sports TV deal in this country anyway. Um, so yeah, there, there's definitely a lot of positives um, as far as like ease of access for like young people like us. I think it'll be very easy for us to figure out how to watch games and how to get games and, and be able to enjoy MLS if that's what we want to do for a certain generation. I don't know if it's going to be that easy, but it won't be that hard to figure out. I think, um, I think Apple will make it pretty easy, but that's where they're going to lose. I mean, that's one of the negatives is that it's no longer on TV. When we talk about local deals, uh, like Colin was saying, RSL is a team that has been very successful in managing their local network and making RSL games very accessible for anybody that wants to watch it in Utah. We're one of the, I think we are the only team that has a local channel distribution model. And we also have it on radio and it's also in Spanish, every single home game and streaming. Yeah. We have every single option available to everybody for free. And it's through the same like it's been the same channel for several years. We're not changing channels. We're not changing providers. It's not going from like root sports to Bally sports to, you know, whatever, um, which a lot of other teams have done. And that's led to a lot of success for RSL um, in their local market. Almost most of the other teams um, in the league have not put in any kind of effort like RSL has to be relevant in their local market uh, from a TV radio standpoint. And that's who benefits from this is all those other teams that haven't put any kind of effort into a local production. And that's kind of MLS's goal is kind of a rising tide raises all ships or whatever that saying is. Anyway, they're trying to make it. Yeah. They're trying to make it better for everybody in the league. And what that does is it means teams like RSL who puts out a great product uh, on TV for, for their broadcast now it's going to be controlled by somebody else. RSL is not going to have as much say, and it very realistically could be a worse product uh, for RSL fans, or at least not what RSL fans are used to. We don't know if Dunny's going to be a part of it. We don't know if we're going to have a local radio broadcast, if if that's going to be part of it, or or, or a local commentating team option. That's kind of the stuff that's kind of up in the air. Um, but for yes. all. For all we know, it, it it is a disadvantage for RSL to go to this kind of model. It's great for the average MLS team fan, but it might lead to some unhappy RSL fans. But again, we don't really know all those details yet. So yeah, a couple notes. Uh, first, they have so it wasn't in the initial press release, but it was in statements afterward. There will be a local commentary option. We don't know exactly how that will be structured. Yeah. Um, so there are things in progress. Uh, notably, Seattle already uh, has confirmed that uh, Casey Keller and who Whoever their uh, other guy is their other guy. I have a message from Mark where we talked about that. Uh, good isn't friend it, of the podcast. It's like one of the Johns, isn't it? Uh, Keith something. No, no. 
I don't anyway, know. Seattle's Seattle's team yeah. that's been doing their games for several years. And they've confirmed that they're, you know, going to be part of it. Which is really weird that like Seattle would be like the only team to be like, hey guys, this isn't gonna change. But also like the league won't confirm any like deal like details about that. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's strange. But like I'm sure Seattle knows what they're doing and I'm sure the league knows what they're doing. But it's weird that we're getting like kind of mixed messages on that. Yeah, just knowing that Seattle has run well makes me think that they've just run this appropriately. Uh, and every other team seems a little caught off guard. Yeah, and there's like, there's, there are some benefits. Um, I mean, it wasn't a huge RSL problem, but like Apple TV's proposed no blackouts. Oh, yeah, that's great. another like, like awesome. fantastic. So when RSL was playing on ESPN, KSL couldn't broadcast it. Um which was always super annoying. Um, so that's that's a, a really neat option built into it. Like that's a super annoying thing for, you know, NBA fans who are like, oh, I want to get NBA week pass. But, you know, like if you have, if your VPN says you're in Utah, you can't watch the Utah Jazz game live like on NBA on week pass because it's got, they've got their local TV network deal, um, which is yeah. just, it's like super difficult to navigate and super annoying. So like Apple TV promising to get rid of that is like a huge benefit um in this in this deal. Um and the local commentary thing is interesting. Um I really think because it's it's one thing to have like uh one of the things that makes like the RSL broadcast so good is that you know you have the same producers talking to Dunny and DJ who are also you know calling the shots on what's on the screen and all that kind of stuff. So it's interesting to know, it will be interesting to see what the local commentary crew looks like when you have a different production crew running what you're seeing on the screen, like how seamless that's going to be. Or if it'll yeah. basically just be like the local commentary team is, for example, we don't know, it'll be DJ and Dunny, but like, are they just there basically doing radio, but like at, at the same time that the game is happening, but like not necessarily involved in the in any sort of the production calls that are actually happening there um so that's like it, it's been hard for rsl and, and the broadcast like the broadcast has suffered by not traveling um with with the team like the the commentary is not as good uh with dunny not in the stadium he doesn't pick up as much just seeing what's on the on the production tv yeah um so like those details are small, but they're important and they make a really big difference in the quality of the bro broadcast. So there's definitely some like things to be a little bit worried about, like what that's going to look like. Yeah. And there's, there's several different theories about how it's all going to work and, and, and what's going to happen with it. So there's definitely a lot of speculation um, about what it's going to look like generally when it comes to this stuff, I, I tend to think if there's going to be more money involved, it's, it's probably going to be a better product. Um, so I'm hope hopeful and optimistic about it, but yeah, we, we would, we don't know those details and we probably won't until we get much closer to the beginning of next season. So yeah, I think the, the takeaway is that RSL will be much easier to watch than it is now in a lot of ways um season ticket holders get a free subscription to the service um there may be an additional cost that some people have to pay but like i said once you have that paid for you get all of mls with like no restrictions whatsoever 
So we'll see how it goes, but I, I'm hopefully optimistic that it's it's going to be a good thing. Um, but yeah, there's definitely details that we don't know that are a little bit, a little scary. Yeah, I think I think what's uh, hard for me is like MLS is fine, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Right, like I watch RSL. I go to our, I'm an RSL season ticket holder. I now watch away games, and that's about all I really care about. So, like the overall product of what MLS is going to look like on Apple TV is not really that important to me. It just like it doesn't move the needle for me. I realize that understanding, like growing the league and stuff, that's better for RSL, like all that kind of stuff. I just don't really care. I want to like so to me the extra like work of now like signing up for this extra subscription service or potentially an extra cost is like it's a new barrier that didn't exist before. And it's like, sure. oh, well, and, and it's not even guaranteeing me locally in my market, a better broadcast, um, sure. which is, which is a tough pill to swallow as an RSL fan. I, you know, you're right in that it's, as I said, it's probably better for MLS as a whole. And as you said, it's probably better for MLS as a whole. And in a, in a total package of selling the league is one, like contained unit. Um, it, it's probably better. But locally, it feels like it's it's a little tenuous and it could suck and it could actually lead to some poorer broadcasts than what we're used to. And di- and more difficult, I think, to, to access. You said it was going to be easier to access. And I don't agree with that. I think it's I think it's actually a step more difficult. Well, OK, well, why do you think it's going to be more difficult? What's going to be more difficult about it? I mean, Besides, I mean. Besides, just there, there's a barrier that you may have to pay an extra couple of bucks or whatever it is. Right. So, that's that's one thing. I is think that just that, it? that and um, like it's a subscription service that like that like I don't know like you're signing up for. It it will also depend on what it looks like. Do I have to sign up for Apple TV and then Apple TV Plus to get MLS? Can I just sign up for the MLS portion of Apple TV if I don't really care about watching Ted Lasso or anything else? Right. Like, yeah. if you're just a soccer fan, then you don't care about Apple TV. Then it's maybe not something you're super excited about to pay for. It's okay. not maybe a, a, a premium package that you really want together. Sure. I guess the, the way I'm coming at it is like Apple TV is not like an obscure kind of um, it, it's not like a Fubo TV or, or like a like a Twitch TV or something like that where you got to like log into it and then you got to search and find and like you have to know that that product exists in the first place and then you have to sign up for it and then like it's on apple tv is available on almost every smart tv it's available online very easily so i mean as a as a product to get to it i feel like it's very easy all right i don't know i feel like it's a very easy product to get to and you may have to sign up for it but we, we sign up for subscription services all the time like there's Peacock and Paramount and Netflix and Hulu and all that crap. So yeah. I feel like it, it can't be more difficult than signing up for like a Hulu and watching something on Hulu. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, again, we'll we'll see what it's like, but I, I feel like saying that it's difficult. I, I don't know that I agree with that. I think it'll be very easy. I think it depends on what the package looks like, right? If you Sure. And that's what we don't have clarity on yet is yeah. like around cost. And cost does present a difficulty, right? Even if it's like technically easy to operate $10 a month, like isn't a lot for us in our, you know, mid thirties, you know, us with between our zero and one millionaire salaries. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, it's going to be, you know, it, it, it adds up, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I and agree. They all do. 
Uh, but if it's, you know, a $5 a month thing you can do separate from Apple TV plus does, is that more attractive? If it's bundled, is that, you know, it, it, there's so many unknowns and I'm excited to learn more. I do think it's, it's good for the league. I think uh, the commentary portion, there are questions about that's probably where I have my biggest concerns. Um, and so much of watching sports is about commentary and sure. who you're, you feel like you're interacting with, right? Because they're, they're telling you a story more or less. Um, at the same time, like thinking about like watching the broadcast, uh, the broadcast crew does a, a fine job, but KSL streams are still 720p. Um, yeah. We could like realistically be getting 4K streams of MLS games, you know, next year. Uh, where right now we're stuck in 2005. There was a note that um, Jeremiah Oshan, Ocean, Oshan, Oshan, Oshan. Um, he covers uh, Seattle Sounders for SB Nation. For those of you who don't know, follow him on Twitter. He's, He's also a cool their guy. soccer editor. Yes, it's a cool guy. Uh, anyway, he um, sussed out a bunch of the kind of like little nitty gritty details. One of the details that he mentioned was that with this new deal. Uh, everything will be broadcast in 1080p as a minimum. So, like, yeah, like I said, I'm already a big improvement for RSL. Yeah, and a lot of other teams. The the thing that I'm worried about, like I said, is that for RSL fans, we've been spoiled, and like you should know that for the last several years with the ability to watch RSL and how good of a product it is on TV. There's a chance that it might get worse for RSL fans, and that's a real concern. And I don't want to downplay that, but the rest of the league, I don't know how if you've tried to watch like a Columbus Crew game or a San Jose Earthquakes game or or a Vancouver Whitecaps game, but their TV production is awful. And that's a big barrier to somebody like me who enjoys soccer and wants to watch more soccer. I don't want to watch any Columbus Crew games or any Orlando games or any, you know, Dallas games because of how terrible the production is and how the commentators generally are bad. They're just local like guys that generally come from broadcasting baseball to going to soccer and like it they're not good at it or they have so, an accent that's the other <laughs> option <laughs> yeah so it i'm excited for it i understand that there's a lot of things that we're definitely concerned about but i do truly believe that at the end of the day it will be a good thing a better thing and there might be some things that people are nitpicky about but we're famously not a nitpicking podcast, so or a no, nitpicky not, fan not a based. single nit to pick uh, <laughs> yeah. anywhere. Anyway. Yeah, to to your point though, like my problem is, is that no matter the quality, I'm not watching a Columbus Crew game. And right? like, no matter you you could have the best you yeah, could have the yeah. best broadcast team in the world, and I'm not watching a Columbus Crew game. So sure. it, like it doesn't really matter that how well Orlando's broadcast is doing or how, how well Columbus's broadcast is doing. I simply don't care. Yeah. And you're definitely, you represent a, a group of fans that feel the same way. And I, I get that, but I think for the casual person that just enjoys watching soccer, it's going to be a great thing. Cause I can tune in on Wednesday or Saturday night and know that I'll be able to watch a soccer game. If I want to have a game on in the background, I'll know that it'll be a good product and I'll be able to just, 
partake in more of the league. I used to watch so much more MLS than I do now, just because of how difficult it is to watch other MLS teams as a matter of like getting the games, being able to watch the games, but then just how low quality a lot of the broadcasts are. So I understand that doesn't appeal to you and that's fine. But to me, I'm really excited because I get to watch more soccer now a lot easier. Well, and hopefully casual soccer fans who, you know, love Liverpool and Real Madrid and Arsenal and Barcelona <laughs> come and watch an MLS game and uh, don't turn it off after the first five minutes. Hopefully. Um, Maybe. But I think that's a really... Do we care really, about the, that person? I think we do. And I think we have to, right? It, not not as personally. I don't care. Sure. Okay. 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 Um, the but, league cares about it. But the league has to, right? Yeah. And the quality of play is still like, we're better than we were a decade ago, maybe. But are, is, no, that's a yes. Is, is a, the best MLS team better than they were in 2015, 2016? Maybe. I, I, are they, so. I don't I don't think we're seeing play improve at such a rate that you'll get someone who watches one of the best teams in the world week in, week out. Because that's who people gravitate toward, right? No one's not nobody. Few people are gravitating toward like Bayer Leverkusen or Burnley. I don't know if they play the same. I hope they do. That'd be funny. Um, like people aren't aren't flocking to those products, right? They're no. going to the big teams, and obviously you'll get some some people who you know, are a little iconoclastic and want to watch something that uh, is, you know has personality. And MLS presents a good option for those people. Um, but at the same time, like if you don't have great teams, you're not going to get there. And under our current salary cap. Uh, there is no way to build a great team. There's a way to build a, a team with three to seven great players, maybe three great players and seven okay players. But like, is there any reason for anyone who is within a shout of world class to even consider MLS? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I mean, but we we do have an update around one player uh, who is you know approaching that, and we'll get to that in due time. Uh, and I know Trevor's just uh, quivering with anticipation. You make a good point. Thanks. I would counter okay. and say that Seattle just won the CONCACAF Champions League for the yeah. first time. Ever. So, like, MLS has made progress on the global stage, like, on the field, on-field product. Like, yeah. we're clearly better than we were five and six and seven years ago. Yeah. In the last five or six years, I think we've had three or four MLS teams get to the Champions League final, and now we finally have one that won. And it's the greatest team that's played in MLS. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's the team that went out and did it. So I don't know. I think no, I've said it a number of times. I think it's a great thing. Um, we'll see what it actually looks like. Um, but I'm really excited for it. Uh, Matt's Matt's point of quality of play, I think, is important though. Like you have still so many like just archaic roster construction rules and yeah. stuff around MLS that like, if you're going to have this new money and you're going to commit to putting a better on-field product, you have to really restructure the way that the league is run the way that you have to get rid of things like the allocation order that are just, uh, just like absolutely archaic. I have no business in, in a current modern business, like in a current modern league. Um, and that's an important aspect of actually making this TV deal a success is reshaping the league around it you can't just give a bad league more money and expect greater things if there's still too many barriers in the way i agree 
Um, but I think that that's more of a CBA conversation, which reminds oh, yeah. me, did, did we, did we ever sign the last CBA? Um, did it ever get ratified? Cause I think they said they were going to, and I don't know that they ever did. And I'm pretty sure they made it five years. Yeah. Uh, so and, it was reached in 2020. Uh, COVID obviously kind of derailed the signing, um, at the time, but I, I don't know that it was ever ratified. It's certainly not available to read, uh, which is a bummer because I love yeah. reading collective bargaining agreements. Second I just remember the last, the, the CBA that they came out with did not really allow for a whole lot of like salary or DP oh, yeah. and, updates and, and changes. And we're going to get a whole lot more money into the league. And I don't know that the league is going to be able to change that salary stuff anytime soon. They're going to have to. I mean, and, they better for sure. <laughs> I mean, players will, will accept it if it means more money for them, right? Sure. That in the long run and player movement and there, there are ways to make it work. Yeah. All right, Trevor, do you want to read the next item? Uh, well, what is the next item? Hold on. Um, Marcelo Silva. We talked about that. Rubio Rubin. Oh, Diego Luna. We talked about um, him. No, we didn't. Did we? We mentioned his name. Oh yeah, we did. I guess it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, the next item. Gustavo Cuellar, people still talk about him on Twitter. Moving on to the Wait, Vancouver no, game. We have to talk about these pictures of him I posted. Yeah, They're on Twitter. I did. Somebody tweeted about him on Twitter, and that's it, the update. In three out of four of them, he's drinking water, which I don't which know. Which is unusual for a player that plays in Saudi Arabia. Look at the first one. Look at how tiny that little water bottle is. It is a very small water bottle. I, I appreciate this podcast for the visual gags, by the way. It's my, favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing about the podcast is that we have visual gags uh, that the reader, like, that the listener does not get to be a part of. My, one of my favorite things, uh, more visual gags on this podcast, please. Sure. All right, we need to describe this water bottle. So it looks like it's got a brand name on it. It looks like it might be Evian. But anyway, if you've ever ABA. been on an airplane... If you've ever been on an airplane and you've ordered alcohol and they bring it to you like in that tiny little bottle, that's like one, one and a half shots worth of alcohol. And then they like pour it in your drink before they give it to you. Like that's the size of this bottle that so Quayar is drinking from. It's like He looks thirsty. Comically small bottle of water. This thing holds four ounces at most. <laughs> at most. Very funny. I love it. Okay. Moving on. Um, should we talk Some about are not getting enough water? So we did sign Diego Luna. We talked about the little bit, talked about him fitting in the 10. Um, Pablo Mastroeni on the radio today did say that he can play as Nate. Um, Which okay. of course he would. He would uh, say that. Yeah. Um, he just wants the ability to put him wherever he wants on the field, whether he's good or, good or bad at it. Yeah. Pretty so standard. We'll, we'll see what that means. Uh, we have not played with a 10 um, in... 2022 really right all season yep we we tried a little bit with demir krylik before he took to injury like a duck takes to water <laughs> that, <laughs> that the phrase <laughs> i love that i could see you trying to formulate that in the middle like as you're saying it yeah you'd heard a similar phrase and you started it and we're like oh no how does this finish yeah see it on your face yeah we haven't played with the number 10 um and now we have a number 10 and I'm cool. really excited for Diego Luna, like cool, but also yeah. I, I don't know how or why this team is signing the players that they are. I know how they're signing. them. I don't know why that they are signing the players that they are. Cause like Diego Luna, clearly a good addition to this team, 
probably a position of need, but it hasn't been a position that we've played with all season. So why are we signing that player? Why aren't we just signing upgrades over current positions that we have on the roster? Why aren't we signing just better strikers or better defensive midfielders or better wingers? Instead, we're signing players that don't play in the position that we have for them. I don't think that's fair. I, f- I think we've signed two better wingers. Yeah, that's a good. No, point. okay, you're right. To but, go with the six other wingers we have on this exactly. Team. <laughs> like, that's yeah, yeah. So anyway, this roster construction on this team continues to befuddle me. But he's a good signing. He comes highly recommended from all of the people that have talked about him, having watched him play at El Paso for a couple of years. And he's technically a homegrown. He's another <laughs> player that we get to add to the RSL <laughs> stable of homegrown players. Oh. So there's Go. a funny thing here. Uh, <laughs> in a sense, like so so obviously we have his homegrown rights. And he'll probably make the list of homegrown players when we send out press releases. And that's oh, very sure funny because we had no actual hand in his development. But in a way, Zero. he... RSL vacated Casa Grande in Arizona and moved to Harriman. That year, the year that Barcelona took over, is the year that Diego Luna played for the Barcelona Residential Academy in Arizona. So if we hadn't moved, he who knows what his career would be. He was, write, he was like, in our catchment area, so it counts. So it wasn't the encatchment area that, that did it. Uh, it's because we traded for his homegrown rights. <laughs> no, no, no. I know, but didn't he like grow up in Arizona? Am I wrong about that? Uh, like, wasn't didn't he go to the Barcelona Residential Academy because he lived nearby it? Or did the he only like, thing I'm saying for his uh, hometown is uh, United the United States. States. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he's from Sunnyvale, probably California. Why is that? That is tremendously unhelpful transfer market. All right, well, whatever. All right, so his, his attachment to being an RSL homegrown player is not even as tenuous as I thought. It's way uh, more. I, I, love the, I love the idea of trading for the homegrown rights. That is a very funny thing. Like, uh, we have purchased him as our homegrown <laughs> player. That is what we have done. It's a very absurd idea. It's very absurd, but to like, it's incredibly MLS. Like, what a great MLS thing that is. This is this is why MLS. This is an, to, to explain for people who are confused. He's a homegrown player, and that gives us like roster flexibility with how we can put him on the roster. Uh, my understanding is that homegrown players, up to a certain point and salary, like don't count against your thirty man roster. You can have a bunch of those guys. Oh no, they do. as long as they're. Some of them don't. Uh, so, so the the deals that are MLS net, there are two spots, the thirty first and thirty second that don't count, but they're what only at like a reserve minimum. And what I've been told is different. Oh. With the addition of MLS Next, those rules on that change just a little bit. Well, so like you never can have more them anywhere. Play. So I'm no, gonna, they haven't. And this I'm is to pretend that doesn't exist thing. because nobody's told anyone like in an official capacity. I and agree. It's just but, such a joke of a league. It's, oh. Yeah, no, it so is. What you're telling me is that I could say anything right now, and <laughs> neither of you could have any proof that I'm wrong. Well, no, let's start here. When it comes to like MLS roster rules, 
nobody has any proof of anything anyway. So it's not like no, there are rules published on the website. Just because sure, they're not followed uh, doesn't mean that sure. there are there's no rules, rules. And, and they're definitely established and everybody definitely follows all the same rules. Oh man. Ostensibly him me. being homegrown mm. as like a roster designation gives additional flexibility for RSL to have additional players or additional salary room. So that's why that's why it like actually matters. We're all joking because he's clearly not homegrown and we're trading for his rights, which you know, whatever. But like it matters from a roster building standpoint how much it matters. Nobody's ever gonna know because the team in the league doesn't share that information. So which the is other, insane. The other reason it does but, matter is because uh, a team already had his homegrown rights. So we yeah. couldn't have signed him without trading for those. Has nothing to do we, with designations. We just couldn't sign him unless we had those rights. I thought it was that we couldn't sign him as a homegrown no, player. I thought we could sign him, him as just like a dude. Nope. Really? Yeah, it's the same thing with Discovery. Like, uh, you have to pay a fee to the team that holds the Discovery rights if you want to sign a player on the Discovery list. It's very similar sure. to that. But so we under- paid the fee to the you know the the team that he counted as homegrown for because he played more than one year at their academy. Right. So we're getting into the weeds a little bit here. But my understanding was that we paid them for his homegrown rights to call him a homegrown RSL player. It's to sign my- him at all. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, my understanding was that we could have signed him as just a regular old guy and he would just be a rostered player. But in a, in order to call him a homegrown player on the RSL roster, we had to pay additional monies to yeah. get the homegrown rights. No, so it's just the ability to sign. And we see the same thing with Bryce Duke when he signed at LAFC. Is RSL traded the homegrown rights to LAFC for 50000 allocation uh, for them to have the opportunity to offer him a contract. Okay. Yeah. This all is incredibly awesome. And so good as, stuff. I under, as I understood it, uh, he doesn't count as a roster spot. Uh, he fulfills our Martian ros- roster spot. Uh, yep. He's a resident Martian, and uh, you get you get two of those roster spots per team. Um, so that's how that worked out. It doesn't count against the 30-man the roster. Uh, he's one of the resident Martians. Um the money is free. Uh, nobody pays him any money, but he gets paid money. And uh, he'll play a lot of games in a position that we don't play on the field. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, That's exactly. You've just summed up exactly what we just said. That's perfect. I learned Excellent. something interesting uh, while we were chatting. What's um, that? We can start forming our conspiracies now about why he entered MLS when he did. He entered MLS having... A hometown, Sunnyvale, California. Not more than two weeks later, Real or not Real, so like Major League Soccer signs a deal with <laughs> Apple TV, founded by Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, both of whom called Sunnyvale, California home. And I think, and now we need yeah. like a Law and Order sound or like dun, the X Files sound, maybe together. Yeah. Oh, I don't know that one very well. Oh. I can't really just like the theme music, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, Mulder. Moving on. Um, What's next on the list? Gustavo Cuellar update. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the Vancouver game. Yeah, I'm. I am uh, actually struggling to remember that Vancouver game a little bit. I literally just watched the seven minute highlight package that they put together like ten minutes before we recorded this because that game happened 
in another lifetime, it feels like. Yeah. I appreciate on the dock it just says Ugh. Yeah. I, I mean I could remember uh that the way we lost that game. The Aaron Herrera red card. Oh yeah. Well we oh. can go through it like minute by it. minute if we want, like we usually do. So the game started. Um hold on, let me pull it up. Game started, whatever. Um we were playing kind of okay for most of it. Aaron Herrera uh, critically picks up a yellow card in the 28th minute for what seemed like an innocuous foul, but that will come back to haunt us later. Um, Vancouver's first goal was a few minutes later. It was from that long throw-in. Remember that um, some people were saying was an illegal throw, but it definitely wasn't. It was just really poorly defended. Mm. It was like a long throw-in, and then it got flicked on, and then the dude just got his foot to it and pushed it past McMath. Uh, the second runner, like wasn't marked he got through pretty much freely and it was really really just poorly defended um which doesn't happen often with this team but it happens often enough that it's concerning Mm. uh moving on we get um a ghost phantom maybe goal from sergio cordova um somebody crosses the ball in and he gets a wonderful head to it puts it in what looks like the side netting except cody cropper saves it off the line with the phenomenal diving save. And we have no good angles to determine anything whatsoever, but it looks like it was definitely behind Cody Cropper, who was very close to the line already. Yeah. So there's a cross, but it's kind of academic, right? It could have crossed um, the line, but yeah, it was kind of academic because like 45 seconds later, um, Vancouver makes a mistake on the back line, gifts the ball to Justin Miram, who puts it, Past uh, what's his face for Cody Cropper, Cody Cropper, former name, U.S. national name. team standout goalkeeper. Huh. Uh, anyway, that made it one-one uh, in the fifty-second minute. Then a whole bunch of other stuff happened. Uh, some subs were made. Um, we got Anderson Julio on the field. Diego Luna made his debut in the eighty-eighth minute. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson Savarino came on in the sixtieth minute. Forgot about that. Um, in replacing Michael Chang, who did not have that great of a game, I thought. Like he was okay, but it seemed like Chang really poured it on the last couple of games before Saverino came in to be like, this is my spot and I'm keeping it. And I don't think he really did that in the Vancouver game. Uh, anyway, Saverino plays for like 30 minutes and then we have three minutes of stoppage time at the end. RSL almost scores and then they come down and Aaron Herrera tackles a dude in the box com- just cleans him out oh, uh, for man. a pretty obvious yellow card, which turns into his second, which is a red card in soccer, which is an ejection. Uh, the foul also happened inside the box, which means it's a penalty. Vancouver got a penalty in stoppage time, and they scored it, bringing the score two to one. Uh, RSL did not get any points on the road. Vancouver got all three at home. Good for them. Uh, RSL's first loss in like four games, I think. Yeah, we were coming up on four. If if we'd won, it would have been our fourth consecutive win. But yeah, that's right. It, yeah, before that was a loss. So yeah, oh, this game was very annoying. I don't think Vancouver was particularly good. Uh, the game itself was not particularly good. No. There weren't a lot of chances made. Not a lot of high quality chances made. And we lose it on like just the the worst sort of penalty to give up, like. We're sort of penalty, and I mean, the first goal that we gave up, it was on a throw-in, dude. Like, yeah. he was just, 
really i, I remember mean, why it, i was mad about this game yeah we were kind of we we got back into the whole like thing that we hated where it was like it was just individual mistakes this is a good team we just make too many individual mental mistakes and that's really what it was this game like it was two moments I, that i don't think it was an individual mistake uh, no. i think aaron herrera did make a mistake but if you watch 30 seconds before that goal is scored we are pumping a ball into the box marcelo silva's up in the box we're tied 1-1 on the road and we're going for like a, a low probability header in the box. And we've sent our, you know, our, our key defender up there to try to win the ball in the air because we don't have tall players, even though we maybe we didn't have to play a ball into the box there. Uh, but instead we do. And the ball immediately comes back to us and half our half our defense is up the field. Uh, and we're trying to defend and Aaron Herrera becomes like it is in a, a bad spot, but the team put him in a bad spot. I mean, and he yeah. failed to like exceed the expectation there, but that's about the expectation. The right, the team leaves you high and dry. You make a mistake. That's yeah. Happens Dude, regularly. Right. Herrera the got team put leaving into... him high and dry. That just like, it's completely nonsensical to go for a, a two one win, like stoppage time low probability cross into the box like that it's not going to happen i mean uh, i agree that it's not going to happen but it's it just incredibly bad like gamesmanship yeah just a tactical failure on every level i i don't disagree i do like that the team is trying to win a game oh sure do it in a better way I you agree. can try to win a game by defending a throw-in that's a good place <laughs> to start <laughs> No, I just think oh. that, like, I, I don't want to excuse Herrera at all um, because he definitely, like, he was put into, like, an emergency defending kind of situation. Yeah, um, he failed. But, and he definitely failed. He dropped the ball. But I don't even think he was actually in an emergency defending situation. No, That's the thing. Like, the team was not in a good position to defend a transition. No, we, we intentionally like, gave enough up transition position. defense. But but they were still in a good enough position that they could have defended it. Sure, sure. There, there's no reason for Aaron to go in as hard and as quick as he did. Like, he could have just tried to stand the guy up and, like, whatever. Anyway, it's a lot of could have, would have, should have. Um, we've seen Aaron Herrera make this kind of late game mistake before. We've yes. seen him make this early game mistake. <laughs> yeah. We were all there together. It was a yeah. beautiful day. I just don't want game. to say that Aaron Herrera is a bad player because of this. This was definitely like one of his worst moments. Um, and I, I don't even want to say that like this game, losing this game is on Herrera. Like he was definitely like, like you said, there was several moments when we could have scored. We probably should have scored two or three goals before it ever got to this point. And yeah, I don't know. There, it was just several different moments where I thought this game could have gone differently, and it didn't. But that's kind of how this team has been under Pablo, and this was pretty much a classic Pablo game, I feel like. A game that we should have won, but we didn't. And it, it's not even like one person or the whole team's fault. Like, like I can't pinpoint what I would blame for this game. 
there's definitely a lot of things to like look at and things that could have been done better, but I can't point to any one or two things and be like, this is why like tactics were wrong. The, this player did a very bad thing that we couldn't recover from. Like the referee made some calls that were questionable that we couldn't recover from. Like, I don't think any of that really happened except for Herrera, but I think Herrera, no, I don't know. It was a stupid game. I'm glad we don't have to deal with it anymore. And I'm glad it was two weeks ago so we can put it out of our head. I think like the thing about a game like this is one, it, it demonstrates that it is hard to win a game on the road in MLS. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard. Right? A team that you're playing better than most of the season over Vancouver uh, can go in there and you can go into their stadium and, and have a hard time. That's that's just kind of the foibles of MLS and the traveling. Um the other thing it kind of points out is that, like, uh, you know, there's a real difference between elite, good, and okay players. And elite players are good week in and week out uh, every time that they take the field. And good players are good most of the time they're on the field. And then mediocre players are good sometimes and they're not good at other times. And I think that's also what you see here is this is like it was not really a complete team performance by RSL against a team that they likely should have been able to beat, um, but just didn't come out with the kind of intensity and, and, you know, showing that they needed to have in a game like this. And that kind of just happens when you're mostly an okay team, but not a great team. That's a good point. Yeah, I agree. Well, it seems like a great time to move on to the next thing, which is RSL versus San Jose earthquakes. The mighty earthquakes. Who mighty, mighty earthquakes. Of, I, I feel like what has been a little bit of a bogey team over the last year or two for RSL, right? Yeah, yeah, but there's an important factor um, in that. Wondolowski. <laughs> Wondolowski, who is no longer with uh, San Jose. Is he? He's not playing anymore, is he? He like retired. He retired, retired. That wasn't a joke, right? Yeah. Okay. So they don't have Wondolowski. Um, and they also, <laughs> yeah, that's right. They fired their coach. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, I mean, which like he'd been begging to be fired. Oh no, yeah, well, from the he beginning of he the wasn't season, begging to be fired. He was begging for the team to give him a roster that he could use. Oh, he, like, he had money. to know that wouldn't happen, right? Oh well, yeah, of you course. You don't say things like that publicly and expect it to happen. You expect to be fired and that's paid what I'm a saying. Healthy severance and go on he, to do the next thing. He wasn't like, please fire me so much as he was saying, please give me better players than what I have because I can't feel the winning team in this league with these players and this kind of level of investment, which, yeah, I mean, he's saying the same thing. He's basically like, I either need a new job or new players. And they gave him a new job. So uh, San Jose is currently 13th in the West, uh, just above Sporting Kansas City. They've got 15 points from 15 games. So they're bad. Yeah. Three wins we've, seen, we, we've seen this one before. We've played bad teams, but this time we're playing San Jose at home and they don't have Wondolowski. So well, the last time we played San Jose at home, it went so well. Oh yeah. But they yeah. had Wondolowski, didn't they? Uh, I don't think it did Wondolowski score in that four, three loss. Uh, I'm looking Hold on, that, which four, three uh, loss are we talking Jack, about the one, the one right before the end of the season. It was like the third to last game in the season. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah, that was not a Chris Wondolowski game. Oh, no, I'm thinking of the other San Jose game at home. He did where score it was yeah, where he scored twice. Yeah, but we we played an even worse <laughs> game against San Jose. It's true. 
And that that but, four three that we lost looks a lot better because we had two garbage time goals to bring it up to four three. Yeah. But fortunately, uh, San Jose has not been eliminated from playoff contention at this point, which they had last <laughs> season. So I think that's the difference. That's going to be the difference going into this game this week. Um, the last time we beat San Jose at home was 2019. <laughs> a 1-0 win. That's so funny. Before that, it's, it was 2017. It's so bad for the last several years. Yeah. Like, we should be beating San Jose, like, every single time. Yeah, yeah San Jose is a fun team. No, uh, they're I, not great. But I, looking at the standings, man, I mean, like, dude, how bad are Sporting Kansas City and Portland playing right now? <laughs> Just garbage. Uh, to be, so to listen to Peter Vermes, like it's the referee every single game. Yeah, they're, they're, I of two teams, I would have picked. Like, of course, I would have picked San Jose to be at the bottom of the West at this point. Like near the bottom, of course, like. Vancouver's not really surprised. I wouldn't put them very high. But Portland and Sporting Kansas City are just vastly, vastly underperforming where they have been generally. And that's really shocking. Yeah, it's so great. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to shed any tears for them. Absolutely not. I I love them down there. That's great. Sporting has the worst goal differential in the entire league at minus 14. And that's hilarious because we played 16 games. Or they've played 16 games. <laughs> and they have uh, 13 points to show for it. Can you believe we're third in the West with a negative one goal differential? Yeah, no. Do you know how much That's further insane. do you know how much further down the standings you have to go to get to the next team that has a negative goal differential? To 10th. I'm Colorado. looking I'm looking at it so I can tell you that it's tenth. Tenth in wait, is it tenth in the West? Yeah, tenth in the West. Yep, tenth in the West. It's eleventh in the total standings. Orlando has negative three, and they're eleventh. Or sorry, not ten spots. They're eleventh, and we're fourth in the Supporter Shield standings. Mm. And then it's Charlotte, then Cincinnati, and then Colorado's eighteenth in the Supporter Shield standing. This is yeah, it's insane that we have a negative goal differential, and it's insane that we've only scored eighteen goals. Wait, has Orlando lost four games at home this year? Have they? That'd be they, hilarious. It, they really need to like standardize and do win draws draws. Wow, win draw loss on standings instead of putting the thing that's worth the least points in the middle. Oh, this is, you just, you're talking about my pet peeve. I've talked about this several times on this podcast. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it more than anything that happens in MLS altogether. It's the well, worst. You got to update I'm the standings. This is very stupid. So sorry that you guys just hate America and the way that we do things over here. I mean, I kind of do. You oh Euro <laughs> snob pieces of no. I agree. It's stupid. Um, it's our like, version of the uh, the imperial unit it, system. The BTU. Yeah, <laughs> we do everything worse over here. They got jewels over there. A superior unit. We're still doing BTUs over here. It's a bunch of clowns. Yeah. Yeah, at home, Orlando has five wins, four losses. They played nine games at home? Wait, five wins at home. Five wins. That's what I'm counting. Philly, Charlotte. Oh, no, sorry. I counted the Open Cup. It's not even five. Chicago and Montreal. Yeah, it's three. (laughs) That's hilarious. Funny. We're not facing Orlando, so. It is three because I was also counting the Philadelphia game, which was also an open cup game. 
So they have three wins at home and four losses and one draw. I will say that uh, our standings being third is slightly inflated by the fact that we played one more game than Austin and LA Galaxy. Yeah. So both of them could overtake us when they play that game in hand um, and be two. At least one Galaxy could be one point ahead of us and Austin could be two. Um, And then Nashville is only two points behind us with as many games played. So, yeah, it's a tight run up there, right? It's wait until you get to Seattle because Seattle, no, I guess they're six points behind. So, but Seattle has two games in hand on the rest of the league still. Well, I don't want to get your conspiracy things, you know, your conspiracy hackles up uh, again. Yeah, that's, I think a hackle, what is that? Yeah, it's definitely a word. Get your hackles up. It means like gets you like worried. Yeah, uh, a hackle is an erectile hair along the back of a dog or other animal that rise when it is angry or alarmed. Yeah, like when, yeah, when you can see like the the fur rise on on an animal when it gets mad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, go ahead. Don't want to get those up. But I'm going to anyway. They're up. We signed Diego Luna, grew up in Sunnyvale, California. You know what the closest MLS team to Sunnyvale, California is? Must be San Jose. San Jose earthquakes. So does that mean he's a sleeper agent? I think we've got several sleeper agents on this team. Yeah. Uh, We've got Pablo Mascaroni. We've got Matt Taylor, who's probably working for the Germans. Mm. No. Uh, San Jose is even in the same county as Sunnyvale, which I just learned via one of my favorite websites, en.wikipedia.org. Ah, yes. A, a very a very useful website. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there are any other good sleeper agents. but um, Nick Beasler puts me to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marcelo Silva, that Giuseppe Rossi thing must be like an encoded secret message. It's, it's a trigger word. Yeah. Okay. Mm, um, today is June 14th. Oh, crap. And the game is on in four days, which is the 18th. Mm-hmm. But today is uh, the full moon day on the lunar calendar. The lunar calendar. Oh, yeah. Oh, Diego Luna, Luna means, lunar means, calendar. Here we go. Moon. We're, so, we're starting to cook with gas here. And San Jose has three wins, right? Okay. June yep. 18th, 0618. Divide those the- or multiply. It's three. Uh, boy, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean so, to scare everyone, but uh, we're gonna lose against San foot. Jose at home. Or we're um, gonna that's win. what we're saying. Maybe it means we're oh, gonna win. Or, oh, sorry, I was reading the signs backwards. Yeah. Uh, this all means that we're gonna win yeah. um, by three goals, if I'm reading this correctly. Seven goals. Seven goals. Okay. You have to get to the next prime that's not five. <laughs> Look, what I'm gonna say is that I am reading the signs and I know what's gonna happen, and you guys will find out, but I will be right. Okay. You'll let us know Saturday evening after the game. Yeah, I'll be like, I told you that that's I, this. I knew this is what was going to happen. I read it. You'll uh, reveal it in an envelope that was sealed, so that there's no way you could have. Oh yeah, Brendan Rogers style, a frozen envelope. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say, Alex and Ethan, uh, if if Colin does get it right, like he says he has already, uh, he does deserve a point in your uh, little predictions game. Uh, so please include him there. Does yeah, you to... can just chalk that point up right no, now because it's right. I'm right. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, well done, everybody. Uh, I won't see you. I won't see you boys there. So as oh, I yeah, said, I'll be in you're Seattle. Be out of town. Yeah. So that's that's a uh, that's a bummer. Ooh. Um, but fair enough. Seattle's pleasant. Going to that island? Are you going to spend any time in the city or, or just on the island? Probably not. I mean, like, uh, I'm a groomsman in the wedding, so it's like rehearsal dinner and like all that oh, kind of stuff, yeah. like before the wedding on on Sunday. So it's a pretty packed schedule. So not a whole lot of time in the city, unfortunately. Oh, Kyle says he's recording in a second. So uh, I think if we wait long enough, maybe we can listen to it on air together. Um, but without it playing over the air, so we can just smile and nod at each other. It'll yeah. make a, a really thrilling 10 minutes in the podcast. Yeah, exactly. If Kyle's recording it, we have to sit here yeah. for 15 just, minutes. Just tell him. And to, then just, for him to finish it to send it to us to then listen to for 15 minutes. Like it would add an I would add an additional hour onto this podcast. Yeah, it's so much easier to edit that way though. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Do it all real time. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe we shouldn't do that. And maybe it's time to say goodnight. I agree with that one. Yeah. I think it's time to say goodnight. What if what if I don't want to? Matt, I Do you have work in the morning? Have work in the morning. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, if we don't get Colin out of here, then there's gonna be some doctor hell to pay. That's right. So that's right. We should uh Save lives and end this podcast now. Yes. All right. All right. Well, good, good to night. see you, boys. Good to see you. Good see night. You later. <laughs>